sure the lights are on? There's people in this room. Yes. Oh yeah, I can hear you. I can't, I can't see a thing. I must have it. Are you sure the lights are on? Are you sure there's actually light in this? Yes. Yeah. All I can see is dark. Take the cover off your eyes. Pardon? Take the cover off your eyes. The what? <laughs> the cover off my eyes? Yeah, take it off. No, it's dark in here. I can't see it. <laughs> <laughs> is that the problem? Is it this? Yes, take oh. it on. Oh, look. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, there is. It is. Oh, hello. Happy New Year. There you all, there you all are. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Um, so, what was my problem? Look, this is not like deep and profound. This is just <laughs> the absolute obvious reason why I had a problem is. But inside there, it looked like there's no light at all. Like, turn on the lights, somebody, and you're like, the lights are already on. Oh, I can't see. What's the problem? <laughs> Only my daughter can say it that directly. No one else can really say it. But... The problem. The problem is me. That, that's the end of the message, really. Isn't it? <laughs> think about that. <laughs> I bought my old school Bible because it's big, fat, and looks like we know what we're doing. So, would you turn with me to Ephesians chapter one? Is this recorded by any means? Do we know? Yeah. Okay. Great. Get rid of that device then. It is great to see you all. Uh, Teresa sends her apologies. I know also people like Mark and Lydia do. The Lurg is on the move still. However, I want to make this proud announcement. I am not sick. <laughs> I figured out the end. I was kind of reviewing the year. Like I had six different viruses. I think I was going for the full set in 2022. Uh, took weeks and weeks and weeks out of my life. Just varying, you know, COVID and blah, blah, blah. I'm feeling well. Happy day, Jesus. So, while they're faffing on with the blindfold and blah, 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 what's that all about then? Well, because it's kind of two themes that weave together for the chat speak preached this morning is the light's already on. dark outside like it was for the, the Christmas celebration and all that. We put the lights on and there's no argument, there's no contest, there's no battle between the light and the dark. When the light shines, it's on. In fact, I couldn't see it. It wasn't to do with the lack of light, it was a lack to do with the lack of sight. When Jesus came into the world, he says that the light came. He said, I'm the light of the world, and the light shone, not at the darkness, but in it. 
Now, whether we can see it or not isn't to do with whether it's shining or not. Hello? Hello, good morning, happy new year. There's a whole lot more light shining than we can see and it's not down to whether the light's shining, it's to do with getting the blinders off in an increasing way. Yeah? And I'm going to talk to you this morning about worshipping the Good Father. And as soon as I say that, lots of you say, well, I know that. I've heard that message before. And probably you haven't, so have I. And I've probably preached it before. <laughs> and in our culture, we think we know it because we've heard it, rather than we know it because we've seen it. And so we shut down and we think, well, I know, I know that truth. Let's give me another one. Or... I've got, I've got a grasp of that. But you know what? <clears throat> There's a level of illumination about this reality that surpasses anything any of us have understood, seen, tasted, or felt. We just need a little bit more of the blinders taken off so we can see it in a greater reality. Are you, are you with me? So don't just go, don't, don't, don't just be a Westerner and go, oh, I know that. That's, I'll take a few notes or I may forget this. Now here's an opportunity for more, to see more of the light that is already shining in this reality. When Jesus met the woman at the well in John 4, he turns the conversation around to worship and he says to her, he says, um, those, the Father seeks those, literally says this, the Father is seeking those who worship in spirit and in truth. And I haven't got time to get into all of that, but the word truth means something a bit more profound than the way we tend to go truth equals, I'm not telling you a lie. Yeah, I'm telling you something that's accurate. But the word truth there means worship in spirit and reality. Now, sometimes when I've heard that preached about, well, are you being real with God? No, no, it's not about, are you being real with God? It's what reality are you seeing? Because he's, he's made a reality. He's turned on the light. He's looking for those who are worshipping in truth and his reality. He's looking. It's really, really easy to worship when you're in the light. It's not hard to worship the Father when you see how good he is, despite how difficult the things that are happening around you might be. Is this, is this making any sense? What's, what's, so the reality that is in our heads is so important to how well we respond in worship. Worship is easy when you see. In fact, when you see, it's impossible not to worship. So in that day, when he's revealed to us fully and, and you know, it's like we're in, we're in heaven with him, worship will not be forced, it will be instinctive, automatic, and the only response that we can find within ourselves, because we will see him as he is. What he's looking for here is worshippers that worship in spirit and in that reality, in the present reality, which is full of mess and confusion and darkness, but the light's still shining in the darkness, not alongside it or at it, inside it. I was thinking of a, a moment in my life 
years and years ago, it was a, a pivotal, a pivotal moment, and we were in a movement <clears throat> in the 80s and early 90s, and, and it was, it became very difficult, it became very controlled and controlling and harsher, and um, I got involved, I, I was kind of involved in it at a leadership level, and I brought a prophetic word to the movement, which I've sold years before. 17 years later, I waited 17 years for someone to come and tell me that actually what you said was true and no one else saw it or had the courage to say it. But it was one of those moments that then the leadership at the time were very uncomfortable with what I bought. And I wasn't harsh or judgmental, it was just, it kind of rattled the cage, I guess. And so we were treated a certain way, and, and that was very, very upsetting. And I kind of marched my way through it and dealt with it best I could. And then one night I woke up, and it was one of those God wake up moments, not, there's all sorts of other reasons why men wake up in the middle of the night. This was a God moment. And I go downstairs, and I literally broke my heart weeping on the floor. And as it all calmed down, God spoke to me in this beautiful clarity. And I knew what to do next. And the next was to create a new church. We created it. We merged two churches together. It was amazing. That burst out of that moment on the floor. You see, what happened was his light was shining through my darkness. You know, he was pushing from the inside. Not trying to lead me by the nose from the outside. He was pushing from the inside. And in that process, he was, he was healing my pain. And when that all came out, then I could hear what he was saying. It just popped out of me from the inside to the outside. His life, his life, his presence is inside. Whatever the challenge, difficulty, trauma is, his life is on the inside. David, um, <coughs> see, Jesus came. He came to show us the Father. He came to lead us to the Father. One of the famousest verses in Christianity is, is, is that I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Yeah, you know that. John 14, John 14, 6. I am the way, Jesus said. I am the truth. I am the reality. I am. No one comes to the Father through me. But do you want to come? Sometimes I, I watch myself and I watch others in worship and I'm like, they don't want to come to the Father today. The only reason we don't want to come is because we miss, we're not seeing Him. Do, do, do you see? It's not because we've had a bad week or we have no money or, or something terrible is happening in our life. Actually, the reason we don't want to come is because we're really not seeing Him in that moment. Let, let, me, let me say a little bit more about that. <laughs> I will get to Ephesians 1. <laughs> I love David. He had a clarity. in his relationship with God. He had a beautiful clarity. He saw his trouble as his troubles, and God as his refuge and his rescue. 
And so he can't, you're constantly reading the Psalms, this thing where he's like running into his refuge, which is God, and asking God to help him against his troubles. He doesn't associate the, tr he doesn't make God his troubler. God is his refuge. Do you see? It's difficult to run to God if you think God's the troubler. If we think like David thought, he's our refuge, he's our strength, he's our deliverer, then in trouble it's easy to be affectionate, intimate, worshipful with him. I thought that was a good, a good point. See, if we attribute darkness to God, we're still in the darkness. If we start to project on him, the, the, the darkness that's happening in or to me is him, then we've got the wrong lenses in. We're looking, we're not seeing the light. He's a good father. Jesus came, get to the verse now, Jesus came to show us reality. The attractiveness of the Father. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And if you read the Gospels again and again, you start to see how attractive Jesus was to people. I mean, people flocked around him, people squeezed in on him, people climbed trees to see him, people followed him. Thousands sat and listened to him, possibly for hours as he went through the Sermon on the Mount. People stayed in the fields for days, not eating, to listen to Jesus. You guys aren't going to stay here past lunch, are you? <laughs> what juice is flowing out of this guy? What is it about him? Everybody wants to hang out with him. Everybody wants to hear him. Everybody wants to touch him. Everybody wants to know him. And the momentum grows and grows and grows. What's he doing? He says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. This is what the Father's like. Everybody wants to be around the Father when they see the Father. The troubled are coming, those in difficulty are coming, those that are hurting, those that are traumatised in their minds, those that are hurting in their bodies, those that are poor, those that are sick, they're all magnetised to come to the Father. I was praying, I thought, well, this isn't just true of us, but at church over the years, I'm like, people when they're in difficulty don't come. What's going on with that? This is the place, we need this to become the place where we encounter the Father and where our troubled minds are eased, our bodies are healed and are you with me? Jesus showed us the Father and when people saw what he, the Father was really like, they absolutely loved it and he couldn't get away from it to go in boats and hide up mountains to get away from the people. How insane is that? If we start to attribute darkness to God, how great is our darkness? We're, 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 we're starting to live in we're starting to live in an increasing nightmare rather than a growing love affair. I promise verses we're going to verses in a, in a Bible. You see, we recommend you read one every day. So this is Ephesians 1, verse 1 through to about 5. 
Paul an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God to the saints in Ephesus, the faithful in Jesus Christ. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is amazing. I think, Anne, did you read this last night? We had an incredible prayer worship time last night. I'm so glad. It was, it was Mark Spivey's idea. It was a Holy Spirit idea. It was wonderful. Um, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who's blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing. Oh, listen to this verse 4. For he chose us in him, that's in Jesus, before the creation of what? The world. To be holy and blameless in his sight. In love he predestined us to be adopted as his sons through Jesus Christ in accordance with the pleasure of his will. This tells us that the Father has always been a Father. That the Father has been your Father before he made the universe. And his purpose was always to adopt you as his son and daughter and he purposed that before he made the universe and the physical reality we can see. You are the love dream of the Father from eternity past into eternity future. You and I are in at the heartbeat and passion of this eternal Father before he made this reality. He imagined and dreamt about having you as his adopted kid in Jesus Christ. It, that was always the plan. It's a love affair. It's a family story. That's the purpose of our being, is to enjoy what it means to be adopted into heaven's family and live out of that reality for the rest of our days. <laughs> that is purpose. That is meaning. That we know the Father who loved us and dreamt of us before we ever, even had a breath, before the world or the universe existed, you were the passion and dream of his heart. And we screwed up, royally screwed it up, because we listened to the Father of lies. And I'm happy if you're an absolute Genesis literalist. I'm happy if you're not. What I believe is Genesis tells us the story. And we need to believe the story. And the story is man listened to the wrong voice and entered the wrong reality. And at that very moment, we started to hide from the Father, not walk with the Father. At that moment, the light came walking, but he couldn't see it, so he hid from it. If there's anything in me that doesn't want to be near the Father, that's where the darkness has come in. If there's anything in me that, that, that's like cooling my passion for the love of the Father, it's because I've, I'm looking through blindness rather than seeing the light. You are his love dream from eternity past into eternity future. He loves us. So some of us have heard the preaching which says, well, he shows us that, 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 
that the death of Jesus gives us value? Did the price that he paid equals the value that we have? You heard that kind of thinking? So you say no because you're going to correct it so that we never knew that before. <laughs> have you heard it like Jesus paid a price, the ultimate price that says how much we're worth? Well, it does, but the, the value, your value doesn't start at the cross, it starts in eternity past. The cross is an expression of the plan that he had from before the creation of the world to express his love for you and include you in. To demolish the brokenness that keeps you from him and demonstrate to you the light that draws you to him. He's a good dad. He's an amazing dad. Such a good dad is willing to send his own son to die to fix the mess that we created. So we're not meant to attribute shadow or darkness, destruction or death to him. I'm going to say that again. We're not meant to attribute destruction, shadow, darkness, death to him. But we've been taught to do it. And he's teaching us He's taken the blinders off so we can see the truth that he is the light and that he is the life. He is not the death and he is not the dark. Let me try that on you again. God is not death, dark or destruction. He is light and he is life. Every breath we have, we have because he's given us life. Everything that lives has life because he's the life. There is no alternate source of life in the universe other than the Father, Son and Holy Spirit that's breathing it in us. And everybody that believes it or doesn't believe it, he still keeps giving them life. He said to Adam, if you eat of the tree, you will surely what? Say it again. He didn't create us to die. We brought death into our reality and Jesus came to kick it out of our reality. Hello? Come on, he's so good he stood there and said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Yeah, tick. He also said, I've come to give you life and life abundant. The devil's come to do what? Steal, kill, destroy. Hello? The devil wants you to think that God's a stealer, killer, and destroyer and that he's the giver of life. He wants to switch hats. He wants to look like an angel of light. And it's the, it's the lie from that very moment in the garden and God is doing something powerful in the earth and he's switching it back because he's helping us take the blinders off so that we can see what the Father is truly like. That's why he spent 10 years or more speaking to us. I'm a good father. Ditch the darkness. Ditch the tainted version of me. 
I just want to pray because I believe the Holy Spirit is the greatest teacher. It doesn't matter how good the preacher is. And the Holy Spirit is an anointing that abides in you and is teaching you all the time. I believe you already know this on the inside of you, even if it conflicts with things that are in your brain because of your history. So I just want to pray, because what I'm praying for is that more of the blindness come off us this morning and that we see how good he really is. Yeah? And that, that that spirit of revelation that who is inside us teaches us to see the rich goodness of the Father. So Holy Spirit, you are our teacher. And, and you've given teachers and you are our teacher. But the only way that we really see is when you, you reveal. And I pray this morning that as we, as we just sort of land this, that you would remove the blinders. You would, every single one of us would see more light than we've ever seen. Every single one of us would see the goodness of the Father at a level we've never seen it before. Every single one of us would ditch the dark God and embrace the giver of life and light. who's come to give us life and light, abundance, and who's willing to come in the flesh and die on a cross to show us how good he really is. Don't attribute shadow, darkness, death, destruction to him, but you'll never want to get close to him. Don't attribute judgment and rejection to him, or you'll never want to get close to him. Look at what look at what Jesus did to the sinners that got brought to him. He showed us the Father. You know, the woman caught in adultery is the classic. She was caught red-handed, you know. Goodness knows how they did that. Just go into that. It was not time, but the, that's that's not an attractive story, is it? But they bring this woman caught in adultery. The law is clear; she should be stoned. He has this way, and he says, "Look, if any of you don't have any sin, you you can catch the first stone." So the oldest first all disappeared, and then and then the one who is the law, who is the Word incarnate, yeah who is God made flesh, fully expressed. Nothing left out and nothing needs to be extracted from Jesus, who is the full and absolute expression of God to man, says, doesn't even say, oh, I'm pure, I could throw a stone. He says, just don't do it again, off you go. Your sins are you know the one your sins are forgiven. It's not a big deal to him. The human brain is wired on a fear and love thing. Not a righteousness sin thing. The devil knows this. He wants us to be afraid of God in the wrong way, because then we flee, we fight, or we freeze. What the Holy Spirit has been doing these last many years is to try and convince us that the love of God from a good Father is unconditional so that we feel safe and we enjoy His presence as the place we start our whole life from. 
Do, do you see what I'm saying? So this, this love, fear thing, he wants us to know inside ourselves how much we are loved so we don't freeze, we don't fight it, and we don't run away, but we feel safe in his goodness because that means we'll enjoy his presence face to face and see his glory in his goodness. Can we stand? We're going to do. We're going to do ministry time, and, and we're going to have a, some of our team here, vision management team, going to come out. I would love to pray for you. We would love to pray for you this morning that more of the blinders would come off, and that you would see more of the true, authentic, unconditional love the Father has for you from eternity past to eternity future, and right now this morning. We'd love to pray for you that that spirit of revelation would increase. Do you understand, does this make sense, what we're going to pray for? And if we'd love to pray for that for you. Uh, and I, I need it, I'll probably join a queue at some point. We all need more of this, that we see the light. Because the light is shining, not at the darkness, in the darkness. Jesus is the light of the world. And he is the source of all life. That is life, not death, not destruction, not even destruction. His goodness manifest and personified. So let's just stand together and um, pray. It's kind of a general prayer and waft my hand over you like something might happen. But let's come and get specific prayer. So Father God, I, I pray again for this deeper, deeper encounter with you as the good Father, that you sent Jesus to show us how deeply profoundly good you are. And I pray for every one of us that any unhealthy fear we have of you that causes us to freeze or, or flee <coughs> or fight you even, would disappear this morning right now in Jesus' name. And as we get prayer, we would fall more in love with the, the true reality that is our Father. Worship you in spirit and reality. Amen.